Uh, it's been almost two months, and Jimmy Butler finally got traded uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, it was Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton for a deal uh, surrounding uh, Dario Saric. God damn it. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> fucking moaning ass. What the fuck was Boy. <laughs> Come here. He's literally having an orgasm in the background. I know know you can just edit it out, but it was just so. Oh my god! I couldn't. I couldn't ignore it, dude. It was was... too much. Uh, can you remember exactly where you were at when before the cat had a fucking seizure or? everybody welcome to another edition of small ball market everyone's favorite podcast dedicated to news and discussions surrounding the small market teams of the nba my name is zach reglin and joining me as they do every week are my absolutely fantastic co-hosts wyatt reglin and cody cook how are you guys doing oh we got a blazers win tonight so i'm on top of the world how about yourself uh, i'm doing great for the exact same reason beat the celtics we'll get to that later how about you wyatt i think i'm about ready to retire like carmelo should <laughs> <laughs> We will also get to that later, but uh, I feel like we should start with the news that's been uh, sweeping the NBA a bit. We'll kind of break into a uh, big market territory a little bit here with the Sixers, but uh, uh, the Jimmy Butler saga is over. He was uh, traded to the Philadelphia 76ers for uh, him and Justin Patton for traded for uh, ru- uh, for a deal involving Dario Saric, Robert Covington, Jared Bayless, and a second round pick. And I just want to get you guys' immediate thoughts on the trade and just how you feel about it. I actually think it's a pretty solid trade for both teams, honestly. Yeah. A lot of people a lot of people have been saying that it's a straight up win for the Sixers, and I actually don't know if that's for true. Uh the truth, because uh Covington and Dario played huge roles on that team, actually. They were both they were two starters. They both started for them and they didn't get any outside shooting that much of Butler either. They're still not going to be a good shooting team. I just I don't know how good this actually is going to be for them. I think it's going to make them slightly better, of course, but uh, I don't know if it makes them a contender or not. Yeah. Uh, Cody, what do you think? Uh, just my immediate thoughts on it are, I think, pretty similar to the reaction that everybody's having. Um they definitely had better offers on the table prior to the one that the 76ers offered them. I know a big point of contention for them was that they didn't, they strictly said that they were not trading Jimmy Butler to the West Coast. So, you know, even like those four first round picks from the Rockets that look really good, um, the, the Timberwolves just weren't trading him to a West Coast because they still feel like they have a chance to, you know, make a deep playoff run. Um, I like it for the 76ers a lot. Um, I do like Covington and Saric, but I think that taking those guys away, adding Jimmy in, and then allowing Markel Fultz to emerge will uh will free up some more time for Fultz and uh my you know just a, another bit of information is that this is with Embiid and Jimmy Butler, this is the makings of like the all NBA troll team. Like if we can just get Rondo on there <laughs> somehow. It would be it would literally be the the three best roles in the NBA on the same team. Yeah. Um, well, what I was, oh, well, I mean, you said that uh, it would be some more playing time for Fultz. That's if uh, Jimmy Butler doesn't destroy his confidence first. <laughs> yeah. Cue cue all the Jimmy Butler destroying Markel Fultz memes. It's already destroyed Cat. It might. Yeah. He took Cat, and we obviously Fultz is a bit more thin skinned than Cat, so we don't know how. Uh, that this might be quick guys can Mark you imagine can you imagine how demasculinated everybody in the timberwolves franchise must feel after jimmy butler single-handedly walked in and fucked them all up in a, like a one like with the third strings versus the starters just absolutely demolished them in practice well i saw a meme yesterday I saw a meme yesterday of Ben Simmons just shaking his head no, and it's like captioned when you see Jimmy Butler walking in the practice with the third stringers. (laughs) (laughs) 
but no, I can't imagine that either. It's like, um, and like I said, either he's gonna completely destroy Markel Fultz in the first like week, or he's gonna like take him under his wing and be like, "All right, this is how you destroy the starters." <laughs> Give me Markel Fultz and the third stringers. We're putting in work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's gonna start if if things don't work out. Markel Fultz is gonna have to start applying at like Taco Bell or something. <laughs> you see. Here's the thing about this team, though. Jimmy Butler was able to get under cat skin. He was able to get under Wiggins skin. I don't think if Jimmy Butler was to become, like, a bad locker room presence, I don't think he's going to be able to get under Joel Embiid's and Ben Simmons skin. I think they're too headstrong. They're not going to lose it to him. Definitely Embiid. Definitely Embiid. But I think uh, Simmons can be a little bit... Uh, hot tempered sometimes to the point like where he kind of lets things get to him a little bit, but I he there's no way he's getting Embiid. I just I just don't think Jimmy Butler is, is a cancerous player to begin with. I think if any any decent half minded person spends a lengthy amount of time in that shit franchise, they're gonna you know they're gonna recognize that there's problems. And Jimmy Butler just wasn't around for the problems. You know he wasn't having it. Yeah, I'm just really glad that he's finally out of there. I really, I, seeing him, like, I think some of those issues that you guys, that Wyatt stated, especially that'll be present in Philly, I think that some of those will be there. Like, the fact, like, he doesn't provide a ton of spacing. Like, right. he's a good shooter, but he's not, like, a great shooter. Right. He's not 3 and D but, guy, like yeah, Covington but, or, no, yeah, sorry. That's, that's one thing that's underrated, actually, is that Covington was actually one of the best defensive guards in the league. For the season so far, he's got a better defensive rating than Jimmy. Yeah, Yeah, but obviously Jimmy gives you just like just another star there, and it puts Philly, like you said that uh, you don't think it necessarily puts them in contention, but it damn well puts them in a good place to to get there. Yeah, like I was going to say though with the Sixers too, Last year, they didn't have much shooting at the beginning either, and then they went up and picked Bellinelli and Ilyasova around the buyout market time, and they were ready for the playoffs, and then they had outside shooting. That's when they went on their big run last year. This team isn't done yet. I mean, they're going to make moves later on, I think. It's not going to be – this isn't a finished product. Yeah, exactly. And they have a J.J. Redick on the team, who obviously is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And that was obviously a huge – role for he had a huge role on the team last year and he'll continue to have one like yeah i i don't yeah this is gonna be good an aspect that i feel is underrated with the 76ers is teams have continuously tried to outshoot the warriors and you look at like the houston rockets and you know how they try and play that like running gun style of basketball the d'antoni system you know they just try and outscore their opponent um this team is looking to be a nightmare matchup for the or a matchup nightmare for the warriors it's yeah if if you're if you're looking long term and predicting like everybody is for the warriors to come out of the of the western conference um if this team can make to the final somehow that's an absolute nightmare for the warriors to try and handle defensively yeah just since obviously draymond is an insane defender but putting him on a joel Embiid. That's a that's a tough matchup. That's a tough matchup for people who are Embiid size. And uh, Curry's going to be getting defended by Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is playing the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Ben Simmons is like help put Ben Simmons on like Duran or something. Yeah, it's just it's just a logistical nightmare for the Warriors. That is, I would say, that is their worst case scenario. Is the Sixers yeah. making it to the finals? Uh I don't know. I. Toronto. I yeah, I would say Toronto's a tough matchup. Too. Yeah, Toronto Toronto's and the Bucks. Too. The Bucks too. Yeah, but you I don't at, think the Bucks, but you look at that like Giannis is, you know, their one lengthy player. Um or their one oversized player, I should say. And then you have um Toronto, they have Kawhi, obviously, but you know, with the 76ers, you have Embiid, you have Simmons, and you have Jimmy, who essentially need your if you were to put those guys on separate teams, that you would guard them with your best defender right so now yeah. when you put them all on the same team it's like well sh- you know shoot what do you do at that point you can only yeah. put draymond on so many people and then if you you know double team or whatever then that just creates a nightmare 
Durant and Thompson are both insane two-way players as well, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. See, I think the Bucks would be a good matchup, though, because now with Brooke Lopez doing what he's doing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see him tonight pulling up from, like, 30 feet? 35, <laughs> yeah, from the logo, he, practically. He's going, Brooke. He had eight threes tonight. Brooke yeah. Lopez, he's going in the flow of the offense. I think he had six in the third quarter, too. Yeah, it was something like that, some crazy number. But dude, dude's just like, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I said, on, I think on a, I think I said on our very first pod that Brooke Lopez was one of the most underrated signings of the offense. I think he hit six threes against us, too, didn't he? Oh, he always destroys us. He always destroys us. Yeah. We'll get on the us later, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we're kind of getting away from the timber from the Sixers a little bit. But uh, I think we should go on from the Sixers. Like, what do you guys think on the Timberwolf side? Solid. You know, it, yeah, it's solid in a lot of aspects. Would I have done it differently? Probably. I think in the earlier stages, you're, you know, if Tibbs is more more open to the idea of trading Jimmy Butler earlier on, you're going to get a lot better deals. Um, he definitely whittled down the trade market and by his own doing. Um, I feel like they kind of shot themselves in the foot on this one. They definitely could have gotten more than Sarich and Covington in that second round pick. In a way, I sort of disagree in the sense that uh, it was never like, the only player, uh, the only team who really had serious talks with them the Heat. was Miami. Right. And it seemed like they were completely unwilling to get rid of Josh Richardson. Right. That's what I heard. And that was, that seemed to be the only player who Minnesota actually wanted from there. Cause I mean, like, why would they want Hassan Whiteside? Uh, right. He's, he, they already have a center who's much better than him. They, uh, hmm. why would they want Dwayne Wade? He's retiring in a season, um, right. which obviously that wouldn't happen anyway. But, uh, mm-hmm. Goran Dragic, like, he doesn't really move the needle much either. There's just, like, there really wasn't anything other than Josh Richardson and with Mm -hmm. the Heat really unwilling to trade him. There wasn't much there. And, yeah. I just find it – I find it so strange to go from asking for guys like Josh Richardson and, you know, Tibbs was saying, aside from another star, the the same caliber as Jimmy's, we're not going to, you know, give him up. And then the final deal comes down to, you know – Covington and uh, who I'm spacing on the other Sarge. guy. Sarge, yeah, that comes down to Covington and Sarge. So it's kind of like we started high asking for, you know, a star caliber player, and then we came down to two not insignificant, but two role players. Yeah, I yeah, but they're two good role players. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, they're both good players, but you can't you can't deny the fact that they were asking for a lot more than that in the beginning. I feel like this is a really solid pickup, though, because oh, for sure. I looked, for sure. I looked at their uh, of, like defensive efficiency rate rankings, and they're dead last in the NBA. And they're oh. also their rebounding; they're dead last in the NBA, oh. which should have Timberwolves. Oh, really? I remember hearing that the other night when I was listening to their games. They were saying like Timberwolves are like worst team in the NBA on the defensive glass. Wow, I would I would not have guessed that. <laughs> and having. Sarich and Covington now, you might be able to clean up some more boards and defensively having Covington and Sarich, I think you're going to be a plus now too. So, You know who Covington reminds me a lot of? Wesley Matthews. Yeah, I see that. I see that, I, see yeah. that. I, knew, I knew right when you said, like, you know, you reminded me of, I was thinking, Wesley, yeah. Uh, Which, yeah. We- okay, this is super tangible. Wesley is having himself a season, dude. Really? I haven't oh, really yeah. been paying attention to the yeah, map. Carry on and I'll bring it back up. All right, cool, cool, cool. But um, I think that, like, oh, going to what Cody said before on the fact that uh, he was talking about uh, how there may have been better offers on the table. At the same time, you're also, we're still in the mode of, like, whoever was getting Jimmy w- was only guaranteed, like, 70 games of him. Uh, or, like, 65 games of him. No one was going to give up like a major player for that. So I honestly think the fact that they got two starting caliber players to mm-hmm. be a victory. Okay, for the I need to I need to do a quick uh, recap on my statistics because I said they're worse in the league in defense, which is true, but they're twenty six out of thirty in the NBA for defensive rebounding. 
So it's still God, you, don't know, you don't know what you're talking about. That was the, yeah, that's still horrible. <laughs> um, speaking of statistics, I said I would get back to it. Um, Wesley is averaging 16.8 points per game, 2.7 rebounds, and 2.6 assists. So not Ooh. amazing, but he's on the come up. He's doing better than the previous years. I miss that guy so much in Portland. I'll cry he's right old, now. dude. He's, he's, that's not that bad. <laughs> he's, a, he's an all-time favorite blazer for me. He's 32. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, he was so good. But um final thoughts on Jimmy? Um I'm really glad he's out of there and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with the Sixers. And I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing if uh things change for the Timberwolves, see if uh mm-hmm. things can get a little better for them. Any last thoughts for you, Wyatt? Um uh, not really. I mean, do you think this makes the Timberwolves a for sure non-playoff team? No. no I think absolutely. That, uh, no, they're obviously they're still in the running, but uh you think they have enough talent with like Cat and Wiggins and their new guys? Um, I think that I think Sarich and Covington are gonna be. Uh, they're both gonna get a lot of minutes on this team, and that will really help them moving forward. With uh, uh like yeah, like it's they're gonna be they're gonna they're gonna surprise some teams. Like that's all. That's all, I'll leave it at that. Well, we're going to get to see our first – well, since we're Blazer fans, we're going to get to see our first look at them this coming Friday. Oh, yeah. They, yeah they're come, we're going – I think we're going to be in Minnesota, but – Okay, okay. Um, But, yeah, I think we should move on to the other biggest news. We're going to stay a little big market for a few minutes, but uh, the, big, the big news of today, Sunday at the time of this recording, is uh, Carmelo Anthony – with uh, there have been some kind of conflicting reports coming out, like some of them saying that he isn't going to be with the team, and then them reassuring that he's going to be with the team. But now it seems like the reports are kind of settled on the fact that uh, not even 15 games into the season, and the Rockets are done with Melo. They're going to waive him like in the next like week or two, and that he's probably played his last game for the Rockets. Uh, Wyatt, I remember that you're off. First ever lukewarm take was that uh, Carmelo was going to be good for the Rockets. So that's why that was my uh, that was my first ever lukewarm take. Cut me some yeah, slack. I, yeah, I was thinking <laughs> I would start with you. Um, and- so I just saw after the Blazer game too, a bunch of players like ET were tweeting about how he doesn't see Carmelo being a locker room cancerous presence and that they should keep him basically. And my guess is that's just Portland saying, keep Carmelo around. So you guys keep losing games. <laughs> we want to stay at the top of the West. Um, but uh, Car- Carmelo needs to retire. Um uh, <laughs> I don't know about retire. Maybe go play for a bad team. Would love to see him go back to the Knicks. <laughs> oh my god! I saw I saw a theory tweet earlier. What would be the best case scenario is that uh, Mello goes and joins the Knicks and uh, gets waves. Goes back to the Knicks, helps them tank. Then they get the number one overall draft pick and then retire as a Knicks hero. Oh my god! <laughs> But my real, I t- I texted you guys earlier what my real thoughts on what Melo should do. He needs to go to China, and it's perfect because Drop there was a lot of game. Yeah, there was news today of a uh, Jimmer Fredette dropping seventy five in the game, and uh, Pierre Jackson in the same game dropped sixty five. They were very close to us, actually. CJ's brother Eric owns the scoring record in China with eighty two points. I think Melo. I, I feel like you put Melo in there. Oh, he's he breaking that, it for sure. He's dropping. He breaks that it in his piece. first. He breaks it in his first week. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> dude. But then again, Eric McCollum is one of those guys that could play in the NBA, but just chooses not to. Yeah, he's he is really good, but he's probably he's probably too old at this point because he's a few years older than CJ, and. Uh, yeah, he's probably just too old to be like come in at this point now. And uh, obviously, he dominates in China. He's one of the best players in China. Like, why would he leave? You guys want to know something? I just I was scrolling through Twitter, um, just like searched up Carmelo Anthony and was scrolling through Twitter to try and get some of the tweets that they had talked about. And this guy, who's verified on Twitter, so it's you know pretty credible, says through ten games, Carmelo Anthony has missed more shots, seventy-two, than field goals, assists, steals, and blocks combined at sixty-five. Rockets are fifteen. Oh. <laughs> Rockets are fifteen point four points per one hundred possessions better with him off the court. 
He has more missed shots than every other stat put together. Bro. (laughs) What a gem. What a gem. I just want to say, LeBron James just tweeted out 11-11 on 11-11, and Ida said 11-11 is something you will never do from the free throw line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. God damn it. Single-handedly, small ball market single-handedly shatters LeBron's self-esteem. Exactly. We're going to get to see LeBron again on Wednesday, PDX. Yeah, uh, we're, they're in L.A. for that game. Yeah. 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 But uh, what was I going to say? We were talking about Melo. But ye, that stat is horrible. That stat is so bad. I mean, I, it's I a good it's stat. Good. It's a good stat. Not for him, but it's a yeah, good stat. I, yeah, like it's a good it's a good find. And I think I sent you guys one the other day. I think it was like two days ago that he had like five assists on the whole season. Oh my god. So yeah, yeah, that's yes, that is correct. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say five assists for his whole career, but uh <laughs> um so I've been listening to a lot of Rockets games lately because at work I get to listen to all the games and uh I've been really listening to the Rockets because James Harden's on my fantasy team. But after listening to these games it's really just the announcers getting mad at Mello for bricking every single shot he takes. <laughs> like, honestly, it's horrendous. Okay, yeah. so looking at it from, I mean, Mello's is literally just a meme factory, but looking at it from a standpoint, an actual analytical standpoint, is this just a product of the system that he's in? And can he actually find a home that, could be ben- mutually beneficial for both himself and the team that he's on. Is that a possibility? Go to the Timberwolves! <laughs> <laughs> Do honestly, it! <laughs> um, honestly, um, I feel like part of it is to come from him and I still don't know if he's willing to do that because I mean, this is the second D'Antoni team he's failed in. Right. Like when D'Antoni was his coach in uh, New York. New York, yeah. They, they didn't get along there either and like Right. I, I got a segue, guys. What? I just, Carmelo Anthony should go to the Washington Wizards. <laughs> oh, God. We're not done with Melo yet. Relax. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm saying Melo should go to the Wizards because how fun would that team be? For Wizards fans or for everybody else? For everybody, everybody. else. Wizards fans oh. are going to go to a really dark place. Yeah, it'd be like it, they ju- could just smack an octagon in the Wizards locker room and they would just film <laughs> that instead of the actual game. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be we'll that whole Bobby we'll Portis situation all over again. Nah, dude, John Wall whooping everybody ass. So, yeah, we should. I think we should get back to Mellow a little bit. So, Cody, you were trying to figure out whether uh, he could uh, find a team that he could exist in. And like I said, a lot of this has to come from him. Mm-hmm. Because he obviously has shown that he's pretty unwilling to uh, change and fit a team system. Mm-hmm. Everyone always says when he goes to a new team, it's like, oh, if Olympic Mello shows up, it's like, well, he hasn't shown up literally anywhere. Except <laughs> for the Olympics. Yeah, except for the Olympics. And uh, like, I would be interested, like, say, say he went to the Lakers Add add to that meme team right there. Add to it. Pour fuel on the fire, baby. Yeah, exactly. Do you think like I don't I don't necessarily think playing with LeBron would change much. Do you? Um no, I don't. Yeah, because I mean he was already playing with Chris Paul, a guy who he's close friends with and he really respects. But yeah. Did you see that uh, Dwayne Wade came out and tweeted in defense of him? I don't yeah. think CP3 said anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know what's really funny, actually? In scrolling through Twitter, I saw a lot of tweets not related to Portland in any way. Um, no affiliation, no, you know, verify anything. But a lot of tweets were saying that he should go to Portland. A lot, no, a lot of tweets. Our team is doing so good right now. Don't mess with anything. Yeah, I, I, keep the I team the way it is. We are ten and three. Do not screw this up. <laughs> I, I want to uh, see. I want to see Melo go anywhere other than Portland. <laughs> just, just. I guess Seth Curry was uh, talking to him. Seth Curry or yeah. Steph? Seth. 
okay, okay. was talking about how like it's a free flow offense and a lot of people were pointing to Nick Stauskas and uh, Shabazz Napier how they kind of had NBA careers on the decline and then they came to Portland and it's the you know all of a sudden under Stott's offense they just started to thrive you know if he wants to be our 15th man then maybe <laughs> yeah they're not they're not Carmelo Anthony Carmelo Anthony is a different beast like right. he yeah he he just demands more on ball attention yeah if he, I don't want the negative if he press listen to if he doesn't listen to Chris Paul and James Harden He's not going to listen to fucking Myers Leonard. <laughs> right. Like, it's... It, yeah, I just... I, I don't want Melo to go anywhere near the Blazers. No, I don't want it to happen either. I just was kind of playing devil's advocate. Which I doubt he is coming to Portland. I seriously doubt it, but... Watch this be the one time we don't want a big-name free agent signing, and Neil O'Shea's like, surprise, motherfuckers, we got Carmelo. <laughs> it's like, you actually did something that the fan. You just want to make the fans mad. You just got to do everything that the fans don't want you to do. Exactly. But then, um, and it, whenever he does something that the fans don't want to do, it turns out to be a good decision, usually, because look at how good we're doing now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. We'll get I criticized that, but, uh, him harshly for the Nick Stauskas signing, and I'm super happy with how it's going. Yeah. Um. So I think we've given enough uh, time to Carmelo. We'll see where he ends up going, and uh, obviously we'll discuss it when it happens, because uh, even if he is a big-name guy, I think that Melo is one of the most interesting players to talk about in the entire league. Like He's, always, he's just he's fascinating to me. And I just want to. I just want everything with him to continue. I want him to play forever, and uh, and just continue taking money off of teams. I want to see how many like uh, two million dollar contracts he can get by the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about him: if he did come to Portland, we are one of those teams in the NBA that is fine with taking the mid range jumper. We're one of those few teams in the NBA that still takes mid-range jumpers. And Carmelo Anthony is a very good mid-range jumper shooter. Mid-range shooter. So, yeah. Watch him go to the Warriors and be like, and actually be good. Just and then we'll dominate. just dominate ourselves. That's, you know that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to sign him right after he gets fucking... <laughs> I don't even want to yeah. talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we should move on to Mello, and we'll uh, we'll move right along to uh, well, I'll do your segue, Wyatt. You know, Mello should just join the Washington Wizards. Oh, dumpster fire! It is. So uh, I think we should talk about the the Wizards because they were they were obviously a playoff team last season. They're bad. Next team. team Last few years, they've been. We got to talk about their struggles because they're too interesting to talk about to not talk about. Um, they're currently. Third to last in the Eastern Conference at three and nine. They just recently won a game, but this team is talented. We see Oh, like, they're, they're they're so talented. We see some of the players that are on this roster. Dwight so, Howard. Damn, he's talented. With his broken butt. What? <laughs> Did you not hear he that's why he was hurt? He's got a broken ass. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something he had something wrong with his ass, but um, let's. I just want you guys, what you guys think is the biggest problem with this Wizards team, and if there's anything that they can do to change things up by the end of this season. Dude, it's it's literally just oh, it's so bad. Just the chemistry is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to say you'd have to trade John Wall, that's probably the biggest thing. He's the biggest problem in their locker room right now. I think none of the other teammates have a problem with Brad Beal. It's they all have problems with John Wall. I feel like if you trade Bradley Beal, then John Wall is just going to butt heads with whoever else you bring in. So, yeah, it's it's super weird because I think I think it's pretty obvious that when you look at both players that John Wall is the best player on that team. But he's very obviously the biggest issue with that team as well. Like mm-hmm. I don't like I don't really know how. Like I'm sure I'm sure it's tearing Wizards fans apart right now because I'm sure they're like torn between their love for Wall and they're wanting the team to be better. 
but it right. just seems like it just seems like he doesn't care. It, mm. Does it seem that way to you guys that he just doesn't give a crap about this team being good or not? No, for sure. Yeah, it definitely seems like he doesn't want to put forth the effort to win because on paper this Wizards team is really good. So you got just like notable names, right? You got John Wall, Austin Rivers, who lol, you got traded by your dad, Otto Porter Jr., <laughs> Kelly Oubre Jr., Dwight Howard, Jeff I love Green. Your dad. Bradley Beal like that's you know those are just notable names and those are all super solid guys like Ian Mahimi yeah Mahimi's good yeah there's no reason that that team shouldn't be playing well they're definitely it's just a talent aspect they're definitely not third from last in the east no they're They're top five probably top five in the east but it's that just speaks volumes to the level of turmoil that's going on in that locker room I feel like yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%. You gotta blow that. it up. John Wall's max contract hasn't even kicked in yet. Yeah, honestly, when I mean, I know you say blow it up is it like partially joking, but this team, if the Wizards fans just hold on and it's no, I'm serious, office, blow it up. It, no, no, yeah, I know if they just they could get so many future assets out of that team right now. When guys like Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre, John Wall, you get a lot of assets. They. They just need to go full-blown Danny Ainge on this bitch and just tank. They could have got so yeah. much more if they just did it sooner, too, because right. this has been a problem going on for the past couple of years with this team, with them arguing in the locker rooms and the chemistry. They're just not going anywhere. John Wall comes in overweight for the third season in a row. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's well, just, I think we've had... In the yeah, whole, I, I think... Oh, sorry, Q, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the whole Beal and the whole Wall thing has just been going on for so long. They it's don't so like hard. each other. I know. It's so hard for me to understand how, as a franchise, you can put all your chips riding on two guys that don't even get along. Like, they're literally, they're a Damon CJ, probably a more talented Damon CJ that just Personally, yeah, don't like probably. each other. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's not like... Shaq and Kobe didn't get along, but obviously Shaq and Kobe were talented enough to overcome yeah, that. These guys are, yeah, like these two guys are not talented enough to overcome that. And uh, yeah, like it's it's just crazy to think about like what this team like like they they're so crazy. I think we discussed this off air before. Like we like we just like in like an offhand discussion of like if you had to pick any NBA team, if you had like, to like. Like get in a fight with you, like like as who you want as your oh, backup. Dude, I think all it's, of us, oh, all of us said the Wizards. Yeah, no hesitation. Is all those guys? They all seem like guys. they're ready to throw hands at like the drop of a hat. They're ready to throw yeah, hands but, with their teammates, so that's the problem. I, yeah, I was gonna say we have the issue that we probably didn't take up in that is they'd probably get mad at each other start fighting each fight and start fighting each other. Man, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like you didn't hit this guy right, and then just start hitting each other. John Wall <laughs> knocks like out this. Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I think the Dame CJ to Beal and Wall comparison is really good because I think, at least They're in my so similar. Opinion, obviously, I'm a little biased, but I feel as if Wall and Dame are the same caliber player, same level, and I honestly think Beal is is a better better player than CJ when it comes down to it. But yeah. the level of harmony and chemistry and just the friendship, honestly, that Dame and CJ have just elevates them over Beal and Wall just, you know, just chemistry. effortlessly. That's it all just, it's about. It just, it just makes them better, plain and simple. Yeah. And I think that, I think this became apparent in the last couple of years that I think Dame is like a hair above Wall. Like oh, it's yeah, not by a lot, but they're like virtually the same caliber of player. And I agree with you. I do think that Beal overall is a better player than CJ, but I think it's partially Dame's leadership. Yeah, and like just his character is what I was going to say. His collective team mentality that like, changes things so much. Which yeah. leadership and, should be taken into account of who's a better player or not, I think. Because that's a yeah. huge part about it, and John Wall was not a leader. so Yeah, he's very much an individual, individualistic mindset he's supposed to keep he's supposed to be the guy that's keeping his team on track and trying to make them win games and he's just letting them go into a spiral 
He doesn't do anything yeah. about it. He's the reason they're going into a spiral. <laughs> the Wizards don't have that guy. You know, they don't have that guy that when they're down by, you know, two with 30 seconds left, that brings them to half court and, you know, top. But I mean, I'm sure he does shit like that. But just as a metaphor, um, they don't have that guidance that they need from John Wall. They don't have that veteran presence, that mindset that can help them in close games or, you know, come back from a lost streak. It's yeah. just, they're just lacking so much chemistry that it's just going to be impossible for them to turn it around. I feel like. Yeah. How much do you think the blame falls on Scott Brooks? A decent amount. Yeah. I, I've never been, had the impression that he was that good of a coach. He's got to go, but yeah, he's, he's going to get fired. Like that's, that there's like no question about well, that. He's gone. I feel like you need to get a coach that's got more of a strong hand in the locker room. Like, just if you want it to work out with these guys, you need a new coach with a strict hand. Like, yeah. Can you imagine what Pop would do to this team? (laughs) Yeah, you need to you need to get somebody like Pop in there. (laughs) Yeah, but that's obviously that's not going to happen. That's golden fruit. That. That right. the Wizards don't have a tree for that, but <laughs> I wish yeah. we did. And oh yeah, Stotts. we all do. I love Stotts too. Don't don't besmirch Stotts. <laughs> I would never. Um, Offensive genius. No, but I think I I think the best direction for the Wizards to take is to just you know start trading and start getting those assets for the future. Start looking at that number one, two, three overall pick. You know. Yeah, Zion. Zion's great, guys. <laughs> Like he's fat, but he's great. He's he's so fat, but he's so athletic. I don't. Dude is a two hundred and eighty pound tank, man. Like just. I I oh guys I we said before we weren't going to talk about Duke. I just gotta say one thing. I have no idea how how he's that athletic. If you no try and problem. take a charge on that man, you will die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like he. He, this dude's gonna straight kill people when he gets. To the He's NBA. in NBA form as a college player. He's right. He he can play in the NBA right now. I think honestly. Yeah, he'd be fine. But he should. Yeah. He would have been a come out of high school guy. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, um, all top three of their prospects probably could be in the NBA right now. Yeah, um, but do you guys have any last thoughts on the Wizards? They're bad. They need the tank. Yeah, wall, wall versus McGregor coming to an octagon near you. Soon. Here's the thing, though: uh, <laughs> who do you trade Wall to? His contract's too much now at this point. What do you think you can get for him? Phoenix, dude. Oh, Phoenix has been Phoenix all give? about looking for a point guard. What could Phoenix give up? Picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> picks. Yeah, that's it. Dragon Bender. <laughs> oh God. That's what the that's what the wizards need. Dragon Bender. <laughs> that's the missing puzzle piece to it all, huh? Exactly. They'll immediately become a top three team in the East with that. Phoenix needs to do something now. Someone called the Wizards GM. We figured it out. <laughs> I actually like what Phoenix is doing, running Devin Booker at the point though. He's been doing a pretty good job of it. Yeah, he's yeah. averaging pretty high numbers. <clears throat> he's averaging mid twenties. Yeah. Mid to high twenties a game. Yeah. Um anyway. Yeah, I think we should move a lot right along to uh I think we're gonna have a lot to say here to uh Blazers Corner, our oh, favorite yeah. part of the podcast, where we talk about our beloved Portland Trailblazers, and we're coming off of a fresh a fresh win tonight, um, over the Boston Celtics. I was um, wrong. Yeah. Currently on a four we, game win streak too, with some notable wins. I was yeah, wrong. Some, yeah, but uh the Blazers are currently ten and three. I was wrong. And uh, the number two team in the West right now, just a game behind the Golden State Warriors, two games behind the Raptors for the best best record in the entire league. We're tied with the Bucks for third overall in the league. And uh, Cody's saying he was wrong. I think we were. We all were all wrong. wrong. <laughs> like. We we all thought this team was going to take a step back from last year like they wouldn't be the third seed. Like I still thought they would make the playoffs, but I was still iffy on that. And obviously it's still early, so we don't know what to, what's going to happen there, but we I thought they'd be like a mid 
middle of the West to the lower. Like a five to six at, you know. Five to six, maybe a seven to eight. And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't imagine, I know it's still early, but I didn't imagine a hot start like this, especially with how tough Portland's schedule is. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't even know where to start with this. I was just, I would like to apologize. Um, I, you can all expect a formal MLA format written apology from me in the mail. Um, <laughs> but no, there's two things that I don't think anybody expected to happen. And that's Nick Stauskas coming out and being a massive factor. I mean, he's only averaging just over eight points a game, but that man is playing at a high, high level above what anybody expected from him coming in. And, um, Secondly, and probably the most important, is just how massive Zach Collins has been for this team. Yeah, he's um, been he's been awesome. He's provided that interior defense that Nurk isn't always able to provide due to foul trouble or just plain and simple Nurk not being the best interior defender. Um, Zach Collins has the second best um, defensive rating for centers in the NBA. Um, he's coming in and he's he's scoring. He makes smart IQ decisions and he just provides such an energy and a talent off the bench that um, that's another thing is that our bench unit has been absolutely magnificent. Um, we have some of the best bench in the NBA. Uh, our defense has been absolutely outstanding, holding holding the being the only team to hold the Bucks under it under 110 points this season. It's just we have been just by and large the best outcome that we could hope for yeah held the celtics to 94 also tonight like that's also something that's pretty key. yeah it was 94 right the final score was 100 to 94 yep yeah yeah that was that was also that was pretty crazy I as well thought i thought we were gonna blow it there on the third <laughs> yeah it was like one of those classic oh, i felt like man. <laughs> i feel like both games against the Celtics last year went similar fashion, didn't they? Can we have a. I think we had a. Was last year the double OT? I don't think it was double OT. I remember. It was I OT. Think we, were all watching, we were all watching this one together. Mm. Uh, in uh, when Horford hit the game winner on us. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I did not want to see a repeat of that tonight, and I was really happy that that happened. And the hero of the game, Al Farouk Aminu. <laughs> Damn, dude, dude pulled geez. up from Jesus. I've never <laughs> seen him pull up from that far away. Yeah, where was that in the playoffs? Yeah, that's he true. didn't play um, that in the playoffs. He uh, didn't play like that. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, no. Y'all know, y'all know, I've been an Aminu fan since we got him. <laughs> yeah, all that matters is he's hitting these ones. I'm very satisfied with that right now, but um. When do you guys think that we're gonna owe Neil O'Shea an apology? Like, I don't want to go that far yet. Rel- we, I was gonna say relax, buddy. Relax, but um, but we we like to talk shit about Neil O'Shea. That's a pretty common thing among Blazer fans. But do you ever feel like that? Um, in terms of like bottom of the barrel guys, like he's so good at that. Yeah, he's extra- sure. like he's like that's that's one thing that I will give him. The big issue that I have with him is that he falls in love with these bottom of the barrel guys and then signs them to a lot of money. Obviously, the summer of 2016 is a perfect example of that. Notorious. Uh, yeah, that like he probably signed way too many big countries, but I do think that he learned from that over the summer. I hope so. I I think it, like it the fact that he let shabazz go Mm -hmm. that's i feel like that's i feel like that's a little something that's underrated because Mm -hmm. i knew that Shabazz. like i was thinking like okay the logical move is to let shabazz Shabazz go go. right i think the one yeah i think everybody expected shabazz to be let go i don't think anybody expected ed to be let go that was the one that that, got everybody so by surprise pat shabazz that was fine i was expecting that but like right Losing Ed was big. I miss Ed Davis a lot, but that has allowed Zach Collins to come in and do a lot more too. Right. So, uh, yeah, I I, I, I exactly miss Ed, I but I I love Zach Collins though too. So, yeah, and I know a lot of us were a little uh, skeptical about the Zach Collins pick too. When I a hundred percent, I feel like this was a lot of Portland though. A hundred percent thought Caleb Swanigan was going to be the better NBA player. 
like months um, into the months into the drafts. Because if you looked at it when in the summer league and in the first games of the season, you know, Caleb Swanigan looked to be the better player. And I was so wrong about that. Yeah. Um I remember I didn't take too long to start jumping on Zach Collins. Like I was in the same boat as you at first. I was like uh, I'm not, I don't know about this guy. He was only the sixth man at Gonzaga. He was, you know, he just like, he seems skinny. He doesn't really seem to have a position between power forward and center. But uh, I feel like I, I I started to jump on him pretty early. Mm-hmm. And then I remember giving you shit several yeah. times. Like uh, every time he'd do something good, I'd be like, you still think he's bad, Cody? And you'd be like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. And uh but then, but we all eventually came around and we love the, I mean, you have one of his jerseys. now. I do. I do own a Zach Collins jersey. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, Speaking of centers for the Blazers though, I think we're forgetting to talk about uh, Myers Leonard, mm-hmm. who has been yeah. insanely solid for us lately too. Yeah, he has. Um, Step it I don't up. Think he's, I don't think he's quite lived up to the five-year plan, but um, he's certainly <laughs> uh, playing his best basketball thus far in a Blazers uniform. Yeah, uh, he only took what year seven? Year seven? Yeah, year seven. Yeah, I'm. But I mean, what was it? The game against the Timberwolves? Fifteen and twelve. Week? That was. Yeah, that was like. That's a great game. Like twenty-two Duncan, minutes. Like, we, we give him. We give him a lot of crap. Like we give. Like Leonard has received. Like, and I kind of feel bad for him in the sense of how much grief that he's gotten from Blazers fans over the years because mm-hmm. he's just been kind of like a lightning rod for criticism. Right. Not getting I mean, crap right now. Like, <laughs> and it's really frustration from the team at Neil Olshay that's yeah. going straight towards Leonard because it's like, we're not going to fault the dude for taking $10 million a year. Nah. If it's offered to him, he's going to take it. Like if for some reason I convinced someone I was a good enough NBA player for $10 million a season, it's not like it's, yeah. like No, I'm not good not enough. Like I want to take two. Like, no, I'm, yeah, I'm not that good. I, you guys shouldn't even sign me. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I just, I, but he's done really good in these last few games. And I think it's nice that he's, kind of getting the fans back on his side a little bit mm-hmm. again. Yeah. No, yeah. I think the biggest problem with Myers Leonard is um, just from an actual skill standpoint is one, his release is ungodly slow. Okay. The man can shoot the ball, but it takes him four years to release it. If, yeah. he, could, if he could speed that release up, um, because if you look a lot next time you're watching a Blazers game, watch every time Myers Leonard gets an open look and shoots it. By the time he lets go, it's a contested three at that point because yeah. his release is so slow. The defender's already closed out from no matter where it's at. He's money um, if he gets it off, but it's... Right, and the thing is, another thing about that is is his confidence level. Is he, yeah. he there's so often he throws that pump fake and he's wide open and he just you can just tell he doesn't want to shoot it. And that's slowly slowly dwindling for him i like the fact that his confidence is building back up and he's just starting to he's just starting to pull it more and that's really what you got to do in this in this portland offense is you just got to be willing to take that shot and willing to you know live with the consequences if you make it awesome if you miss it well get back and make up for it on defense you know which he's been playing some pretty solid defense too yeah not bad but um not great but not bad better than he has in the past I think Myers' play will certainly elevate um, almost concurrently with his rising confidence. Yeah, yeah. I, that's always been the biggest issue with him. And uh, have you guys noticed that he seems to be taking it in a little more than he used yeah, to Yeah, he's well? trying to dunk that shit. <laughs> that's yeah, fine. Which, that's good. It's kind of in the same sense that – it kind of same sense of his Nurkic. Like, oh, he finally realized that he's seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. Nurk missed some bunnies tonight, though. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that obviously we're gonna get that from nurk but uh at the same time this season he's been so much better at realizing like hey i'm i'm seven foot one but nurk had a great game tonight what do you have 17 points 16 rebounds yeah he had a double double at halftime yeah it was it was crazy like he just hit, he had a great game like 
obviously uh, rebounding numbers get a little skewed because uh, Al Horford's afraid of rebounds, but <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. But yeah, all in but... all, four game win streak that's against some good teams too: Timberwolves, Bucks, Clippers, and now the Celtics. That's that's some those aren't easy games. Yeah, we'll yeah. see you with uh, the Timberwolves and the Lakers coming up again. Yeah, exactly. We just lost to the Lakers like a week ago. So we'll see uh, if Portland, they're one and one on the season. We'll see if Portland can get the advantage. Yeah. Lakers seem to be turning it around a little bit, though. We'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Although they didn't do, they didn't play that great against the Hawks tonight. Yeah. I, I expect them to come back. Yeah, they've won three games in a row, though. Yeah. Before we stray off the topic of uh, Blazers, I got to run an opinion by you guys that you probably saw me tweet about and I just, you know, for the sake of the podcast, want to get your opinion on it and discuss it a little bit. I read your tweets. <laughs> yes, you do. I know you print them all out and frame them. Don't lie to me. Got you on notifications, yep. my friend. Um, <laughs> What do you think about starting Zach Collins? Um, I feel like it's a matter of, t- it's only a matter of time until he's in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I've been saying to you guys for a while that I think, like, are you meaning at, at center? Uh, probably power forward. Well, the, I think power forward. When Mo comes back, I would say um, do Dame, CJ, Mo, and then run Ch- uh, Zach Collins at the power forward, Nurk at center, obviously, and then move Chief to that bench unit. I like Chief in the starting lineup. I do too, but can you imagine how good he would be on the bench? Being He would be like our, our solidified 100% six man. Um. I think my big issue with the idea of putting Zach Collins in the starting lineup, at least right now, is in the fact that in a league where we're playing small Mm -hmm. and like fast and stretch bigs and stuff like that with like bigs who are smaller and stretch the floor a lot. Putting two seven-footers on the floor kind of takes away from that. I don't want Zach Collins being matched up against LeBron James. I feel like he can guard uh, just about, I'd say, two through five. I feel like Zach, Car- Zach Collins can guard efficiently every position minus most point guards. I think three through five. I think two might be a little too quick for him. I don't know, man. He's he's an amazing defender. I feel like we could do it situ. I feel like maybe he should start doing it situationally. situationally. Yeah, I could see that. I like Zach Collins and Nurk on the same side on offense for sure. I've been watching that a little bit when with the little bit they've played together and that works well. Yeah, I was reading. Oh, who was I reading? Oh, yeah, this is what I was reading. It was. Uh, I think it's the Raptors. They're running. Uh, their starting center position is situational. Right. I'm pretty sure, like they, like I'm pretty sure it's the Raptors who are doing this. I was reading an article the other day, and it was super interesting to me because they were like one of the only teams in the league who was like changing their starting lineup situationally, mm-hmm. and I really like that. I think with the different the how how teams are like differentiating themselves throughout the league now, I think more teams should start doing that, and I would love to see. Portland do something like that like with Zach Col- like experimenting with Zach Collins in the starting lineup when you play say a team with like another big like a fairly big power forward or something mm-hmm. like that but yeah I don't see any reason not to yeah like he's great like like it, it, obviously he deserves to be rewarded for what he's doing but I also love him as kind of our sixth man right now yeah, but I'm going to love him in whatever role he's in. So My, yeah, the only problem is exactly. like that's going to hurt our bench, I think, honestly, because Zach Collins is our backup center. And who's going to be our backup center? I mean, it'd be Myers, but is Myers ready to take that big of a load? Also, uh, Alfred Camino is the best perimeter defender <laughs> on the team. So putting him on the bench is iffy to me. You know? I mean, you could leave him and run him at the three and just have Mo on the bench. That that'd be that'd be more suitable for me. Like I would prefer that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I think it's about time that we move on to why it's lukewarm takes, the part of every show, or why it gives us uh, a lukewarm take. So uh, Wyatt, can you tell us what your take is? Okay, guys. Zach Levine will be an all star this year. That 
I'm not sure I'm there yet. Uh, he's he's at 27.2 points per game, and nothing he is, else. Literally zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he's scoring a ton. That's that's the main thing the that he's East doing for that is team. So weak though. <laughs> but is the it East? Though? Is it? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. You add Jimmy into that mix. There's. Oh, there's I forgot of, about Jimmy. Like, think about the like. He's a point guard. Think about the point guard position off the bat. Kemba, Kyle, um, Kyle, Kyrie, Kyle Lowry, Kemba Walker, uh, Kyrie Irving, shooting guards. Those three all deserve John Wall, Wall, Bradley Beal. Yeah, like. Zach Levine is fourth in the league in scoring right now, but at the same time, they're not winning games. The Bulls, the Bulls are three and nine. I think I, better I think than the Wizards. The no, they're four and nine. Pardon me, they're I, four and nine. I feel like you'd be able to make a better argument for maybe like an all NBA offense team. Yeah, it, yeah, that I feel yeah something there like and third like, team shooting guard or something. Yeah, but uh. uh no, an all NBA all NBA spot is better than uh, an all star spot. It's just a hot end, take. It's just a hot take for now. I I need to see more from him, but uh, I've really liked what I've seen so far. Yeah, I mean he looks good, but also at the same time they're kind of they have a lot of injuries right now. Like when Markinen comes back, obviously it's going to take away from what he's doing. When Chris Dunn comes back, that's going to take away from what he's doing. Chris Dunn's hurt, right? Chris Dunn got hurt, but he's also played with Chris Dunn a little bit, and Zach Levine was still putting up. He hasn't had a game where he hasn't had 20 yet. Okay. And okay. Bobby Portis but, is mean, hurt. Yeah, like they have they have so many injuries right now to where it's like he's their, he's their only guy for offense pretty much right now. going to like to see what it's like with them when marketing comes back. That Bulls team has a bright future. They do. They they really do. But uh, but at the same time, like obviously they're not going to be that good this year. Even when Markinen's back, they're not gonna they're not gonna start blowing some teams out of the water. And not gonna start, make the playoffs. Really, no balls for the playoffs. It's just so much harder to be noticed as as a potential all star when you're on a losing team, unless you're like this transcendent star. Which he isn't, obviously. Kristaps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Kristaps is made, but that's just because he gets so much publicity and he's a Nick. Which, um, I mean, Chicago has a ton of fans. It all depends on, like, voting, but there's no way he'd be voted into the starting lineup. And the, and then after that, it's the coaches who pick. And right. there's there's... I don't think there's any way that he really gets picked to the all-star team. And I do think he's going to come down to earth soon. You could pretty much pencil Kyrie Irving as a starting point guard. Yeah. So it's... I don't... Honestly, I don't know that you can. I think you can. Kemba's been insane. I think, yeah. And Kyle Lowry has been absolutely nuts, too. Here's the thing. I think so far Fan base Boston has the biggest fan base. And I think... Kyrie, because of that, will be in it. And I, that's what I hate about the fans voting for the All-Star team. It should just be all-around best performances, I think. Because you asked mm-hmm. me, Kyle Lowry should be the starting point guard for the East this year. I think Kemba will be the starting shooting guard, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll it be interesting to see, like, which players get named stars. Like, it's going to be another, like, there's going to be, like, barely... Like, Joel Embiid will probably be the center, but... We'll have like both Kawhi Leonard and Giannis in the starting lineup as like Andre Drummond's gonna be the backup center to Joel Embiid. Did you guys see they're uh, <laughs> televising the draft this year? The All Star draft. Oh yeah, they're televising oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not East versus West anymore. We're gonna have captains, so it'll be different. Oh, that's right. I would bet. Too bad. Uh, I would bet Giannis. They're still gonna get voted in based on conferences, but then you get picked. Yeah. So I think it's not. Do you think that? Because they're doing picks like this, should they just do the best players available, like for all both conferences? Like, if there's more good players in the West, should there be more all stars from the West and the East? Um, I no, I think they should still even it out. Like, they should still they should still take them in from both, take as many from each conference because it just makes things a little. Yeah, I don't know. It just obviously you'll have guys in the West who get snubbed. But you'll also have, but obviously there's some insane players in the East as well. Either way, on both yeah. sides of the conferences, there's going to be some amazing players that get left off. 
Yeah, exactly. I want to um, say Chris Middleton will make it, but Chris Middleton might get left off again. He'll probably get left off, sadly, but he's been crazy. But uh, I think that's I think that's all we have. Do you have any other thoughts on anything? Nope. I don't think yeah. so. All right. Um, well, I guess uh, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into this episode of Small Ball Market. Be sure to uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, be sure to rate us five stars only. Follow us on Twitter at Small Ball Market. Uh, feel free to DM us on there. We're always checking our DMs. Or you could email us at smallballmarket at gmail.com. Follow our Instagram, also Small Ball Market. But yeah. Uh, um, other than that it was a great show Uh, we will see you guys next week thanks for listening